I think that this show hopefully will start bringing the conversation into mainstream. Hi, I'm Bobby, a certified caregiving consultant and educator. I work one-on-one with family caregivers to help them find ways to respond to the often confusing, sometimes frustrating behaviors that come with a dementia diagnosis. And I'm her husband, Mike, and I'm a certified caregiver advocate and a certified music therapist. And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia. Our goal is to focus on the caregiver, offer practical insights, and share some emotional support. And if we're lucky, we'll get to share a laugh or two, because we all know laughter's the best medicine. Yes, it is, but don't forget the wine, Mike. Speaking of best medicine, ha ha ha, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you often say and, and tell people that there may come a time that the family caregiver cannot provide the best care possible for their loved ones, and that choosing a care facility is, in fact, choosing the best care. I mean, absolutely. You know, some of us still have the idea of a home for the elderly is what they used to be with people just sitting around a table in their rocking chairs and not doing much of anything during the day. And people of a certain age are terrified of that. Um, Today's care homes are, are, for the most part, not like that. But even if you had the best of intentions and say... You told your parent or your spouse, I will never put you in a home. You may not be able to keep that promise. But I remind them that in saying that, what they're actually promising is that they will be loved and they'll get the best possible care. And sometimes it's not safe for either the person who needs care or the family to continue that way. And that could be because of health reasons or aggressions or situations like that. And Just because they're in a care home doesn't mean that you stop caring about them or you quit being their advocate. Yes. Um, Caregiving is not location-based. Right. Um, And there's still a lot of family interaction as far as care decisions and just being there with their loved one. But it allows people to let the professionals handle the day-to-day difficult things while you remain their loving family member. Um, You also want to keep an eye on what's happening there because situations change as well. But there's no wrong answer, and don't get locked into a situation that a decision was made when circumstances were very different. Um, That brings us to today's guest, who is creator, CEO, and executive producer of Inside Senior Living. She's the daughter whose father has Alzheimer's and is currently living in a memory care community. Her idea for creating Inside Senior Living was born after witnessing the isolation of older adults at the senior living community during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, coupled with her search to find quality, informative, inspirational, and entertaining content to share with caregivers and their family members. Please welcome Melissa Fritz. Melissa, thank you for being with us. And I'm, you know, The mention of the isolation during COVID is such an important thing. There was so much damage done during that time. And we are so pleased to have you to talk to us today and our listeners. Thank you very much for your commitment to this industry, to seniors, to bringing forth 
the, um, you know, I love the story of Roger, Mike's, your father and your father-in-law. And this is part of his legacy living on, right? And I, I feel a connection to you in that way because this is my grandmother who spent uh, eight years in memory care and my father who is now in memory care following her steps. So um, it's very exciting. Definitely you touch on such a sensitive topic as we are now just finally in the senior living industry, coming out of that, I'll use your word, haze of COVID-19 and the isolation for um, our residents was just incredible to, to, to actually be at a community level during the pandemic, which I was, uh, to see firsthand what was happening not not only to the residents, but the stresses on the staff, and then the heart-wrenching. I mean, it, it was heartbreaking to see the family members go through this angst of not being able to touch, not being able to come in and visit with their loved one. It was really, really hard. You know, Mike's dad passed before the COVID-19 struck, and even when he was in the hospital, I was there every day. And I, I can't imagine if the situation had been different. And he was on his own. Because one of the things that happened with him was he was really good at hiding symptoms. And he would tell the medical field people, go take care of the sick people. I can take care of myself. And... He wouldn't take, he, he'd cheek his medicines, he'd throw them out. He, he was so good at hiding symptoms that oh, somebody who didn't really know him wouldn't be able to tell if he was in pain. He actually fell one time and, and cracked a rib and insisted it didn't hurt. And when I took him in, the doctor was upset with me because it had been a day later. And then he said, yeah. but he denies pain. How, how can you know? That is, is a, unfortunately a very common predicament that we see with seniors. And it, I, I have found that observation very fascinating because not only have I seen seniors like your dad, they'll, they'll uh, refuse care. And that's what we call in the industry, refusing care. And so we can't force someone, you know, we can't force them. So, right. however, so you have someone refusing care and then, and then I've also seen um, residents and their family members afraid to speak out because they're afraid of retaliation. They're afraid of if I say something, then the staff is going to get mad at me or my, my, my dad or mom in senior care, and then it's going to be worse for them. And I think that that is uh, also heartbreaking to see. And something that, you know, creating this show these are the types of issues that I want to weave in there in, in the everyday scenarios of watching a family. So each episode you will see uh, myself meeting with a family and a potential resident, and we're going to discuss what are the challenges they're facing living at home alone or in their current living situation. And then what are the concerns of the family members? 
And oftentimes, I would say at least 50% of the time, the senior potential resident, they feel like they're totally fine. They don't understand what the problem is. Yes, they've fallen and yes, they've broken their hip or yes, they've slipped on the ice. But you know what? They lived in this home for 60 years. So why would today be different? And so what happens is you have family members, it's usually the adult children, that are um, really pushing this move. And so that's really the essence of what this show is, is to, to really expose what the process is and the fact that it is a process. And it is, my overall goal is to start this conversation between older adults and their adult children much earlier or at least before there's a crisis that occurs. Because usually families wait until there's a crisis because why why would you want to talk about senior living, right? You know, that's something, you know, I think your your program would be excellent for our, our youngest daughter, who's the one that lives closest to us and who would be responsible for, for us when the time comes. And I don't say if, because we're all fine until we're not. But she does not want to talk about, she doesn't want to face the fact that that time, it may not be a dementia, but there's going to come a time when we're going to need help. And this is something that we should be talking about. And she just, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. You're going to be fine. And maybe seeing a program like what you're talking about here will help her understand better the need yes. for this kind of conversation. Yes, that it is. And that is a really interesting point that you're right. Some adults are like, I, my parents are going to live forever. It's really hard. Like, right. as we know, it's really hard to have that role reversal with a parent. I'm, I'm going through that so strong right now with my dad. I think that this show hopefully will start bringing the conversation into mainstream, into the mainstream entertainment culture, so that when or if that conversation comes up or when or if you know, parents are aging, when or if you as an, an older adult want to start discussing this with your kids. I, I think it's just such an important conversation. Um, just like, you know, you see commercials about, hey, you can pre, you can pre-purchase your cremation services. We pre-purchase uh, burial lots. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it sounds so horrible, but the reality is, if we're all blessed to live a long life, at some point in time, um, you're you know you're going to more more likely than not need care. And the other thing, you know, the other side of that coin is, you know, today I'm in my right mind, or as as much in my right mind as I've ever been. Um, but that could change, so it's important to have that conversation with me now. Well, I know what I'm talking about and I can say what it is that I want. Yes. So maybe a suggestion. So maybe if you're in a place and I, I'm doing the same thing with my kids and they think I'm crazy because I'm in my fifties, but they know this is my life. This is my life. I deal with this all the time with people and I see the worst case scenarios. So 
but I am right now look, um, revising my will with a healthcare directive. And in the, I'm in the state of Minnesota, but most states have a PDF, you know, a printable version of healthcare directive forms you can fill out. And in that healthcare directive, it talks about long-term care. I was kind of surprised because I hadn't really revisited the healthcare directive form until I started doing this show and I started thinking about my own, oh, gee, I shouldn't be a hypocrite. I should follow my own pattern. Um, but that also might be a good way to start if your children aren't wanting to talk about it. You can at least have it documented um, in the case of, like for myself, I have that Alzheimer's family history. So I want to make sure that I have it written out, even if my kids don't listen to me or they don't want to talk about it, so that my wishes for long-term care are fulfilled to the best you know that, that they can be. Can you give uh, us an example of what an episode of the of the program would be? Yes. So it's you and prospective family members. What what would we could expect to see? So one of our episodes, we meet uh, Shirley, and Shirley, I, I actually I've been contacted by Shirley's daughter, uh, Kirsten. And Kirsten is really concerned about her mom. Her father passed away over a little over a year ago. And Shirley's 80 years old. She's been very independent, but um, she's really struggling. She's, she's been falling and um, really having a hard time keeping up with the house. So what Shirley doesn't understand is that um, you know, she's been fine with Kirsten and her kids and her husband coming over and taking care of the house. And, and now it's, it's becoming, so Kirsten as, as kind of the primary caregiver, she's starting to become worn down and feels like it's unmanageable to, to keep mom in this place on her own. So I meet with Kirsten and Shirley and I listen to Kirsten and you know what her concerns are about Shirley living and, and wanting her to move. And then I also really spend time digging into what Shirley's concerns are, her, her fears, her hopes. But another key element of the show is for me to look at what Shirley's life has been, what Shirley's history is, what her passions and hobbies and career has been, because those are all things that are going to factor into my recommendations as you know, a senior living in, uh, industry insider um, and consultant. So I'm going to find three top choices for Shirley and Kirsten to look at. And we go on a house hunters, like just like HGTV house hunters style, we look at three different places. And then we have a discussion and oftentimes there, this is where a lot of the angst and drama comes in is that the hardest part is making the decision to move. But she, she really likes this place that she's gonna move into because Shirley was a school teacher and this community that she ends up choosing happens to have an intergenerational program where you have little kids right there where she can go and read books to. So, at the end of the episode, you know, she reveals what her choice is. And then we have a 30-day follow-up. So that the 
the last scene is kind of the follow-up showing Shirley, you know, what lessons she learned, what the ups and downs were for her, what she would recommend to others going through this process. And then um, one other thing that we have weaved into the, the episodes. So we have um, Diane, she's the owner of Gentle Transitions and Gentle Transitions is a downsizing, like literally that's what their company does. They help people downsize and make this transition and they help with the move and they, they are just wonderful for families. So we bring in Diane's kind of perspective on what she's seen and how she helps people move through that emotional, that kind of mental hoop of how you would take something so overwhelming and do this in a reasonable amount of time. So you match the care facility to the not only the needs, but also the desires of the person who will be making the move as you mentioned, the teacher. So you have the intergenerational. Yeah. Something that would be very important to Mike would be access to music. He's a musician. Um, life without music, he can't even imagine it. Um, so one of our episodes, we have Mary. And Mary's big objection is, Mary, is a prof- she was a professional jazz singer. Mike, you can <laughs> appreciate this. And she is a musician. Through, I mean, And so she is stuck on, one of the things she's stuck on is, I cannot leave my piano. I cannot leave my piano. I I, I can't live life. Life isn't worth living without my piano. So I show her a community that not only has a, a grand piano right there for her to play every day, but also has an amazing musical like every week they have musical programming come in and they have the residents involved in planning the musical um, activity so that's that's really exciting for me to show um, that this process of moving to senior living although it is hard i i don't deny anybody that it is Part of my job is to help family members, you know, adult children especially, understand this is a process. Like, you wouldn't want somebody just taking your car keys away, telling you you're going to move, get rid of all your stuff. We have to be very sensitive to all the loss that this person is feeling. So what my job is and what I want to show on this program is, yes, You are giving something up. You're giving your house up. But look at what you're going to gain. Let's talk about what you're going to gain by moving to senior living. Or, and we even have an episode that's, look at what you're going to gain by having in-home care. Because sometimes the appropriate step is in-home care um, or hospice. It's not, you know, so every situation is different. So and mm-hmm. I feel like the general public, we just don't understand what all the choices are until we, exactly. until we are there. And then it's um, kind of, you're making these rush decisions. And I would, wouldn't it be cool to have something on TV that you could see and it's, and it's entertaining and it's, you're seeing beautiful places. You're seeing these fun communities like the, this um, Tower Light um, community that I took them to 
that has an intergenerational program. And, and the child care center is right there as part of the campus. So every week they have several different activities going on where the kids come into the community um, with the seniors and then they have the, the seniors go over to the child care center. It's just fabulous. So I wanna show people that there's something for everyone. There's, there's something for everyone and let's start talking about it. So one of the things I've noticed a lot is um, with people that I know that have made this gut-wrenching decision or went through this gut-wrenching process is that once they got over the hump and their loved one entered into a uh, care facility while there was resistance and the uh, loved one wanted to hate it, um, after a few weeks, they actually started thriving because there were people there their same age, some of the same interests. Um, they weren't alone a lot like before. And so it allowed them to, to thrive. That is, you hit the nail on the head as far as, you know, number one, if you're going to put a sales pitch on why, why senior living can be so good is isolation. I've seen it so many times and it tends to be the people that are the most resistant. They end up two weeks to one month coming up to me. Oh my gosh, I should have moved sooner. I can't believe how much I love it here. So I really do believe that even if someone is in independent living in a community, the fact that they are around other humans, that there are people that are checking in on them, that they're um, seeing people in the lobby and just that human interaction is, um, it's amazing what it does for our health and our well-being. Yeah, well, I can understand that. Um, I'm the opposite. Mm-hmm. To me, going somewhere where there were always people would be overwhelming. I am one of those true introverts that get exhausted from social interaction and I have to be able to be by myself. I can relate to you, Bobby, because as outgoing as I seem, I am totally, ask my husband, totally an introvert. And so that's where in a senior living community, you have your own apartment is good, you know, to have those spaces where we can get away from other people, but you do have someone looking out for you. Right. I just really wanted to touch on that because there there are more of us than people realize. I also, you know, I want to be respectful on that too. There have been times where I hear from the person and I, and you can tell they really want to just try to do home care or something. And I, as hard as that is, I try to do everything in my power to respect that older adult's wishes. Well, Melissa, it's been wonderful having you on the show. You've you've uh, given us some really interesting and helpful insights. Thank you so much. I am just so thankful that you are doing what you are for families and caregivers especially because I think caregivers are so self-sacrificing. And that's what my goal is, is to bring hope. Yes. And, you know, one of the takeaways that I 
have here is work with people who are going to understand the person's interests and, you know, fit the home life to that individual person. I think that's, that's absolutely so important. Well, again, Melissa, thank you so much for being on the show. Really, really appreciate it. Yes. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. You can find more information about Melissa and links to the Inside Senior Living website on our show website at rogerthat.show. This has been Roger That. I'm Bobby. And I'm Mike. And we are dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia. Bobby and I would love to hear from you, answer any questions you might have, or just find out how you're doing. Please contact us on the Roger That Facebook and Twitter. And to find out more about us, head over to rogerthat.show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that.show. Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast raising the bar on craft cocktails. Here you meet interesting folks, enjoy boozy banter, and learn how to make craft cocktails from a master. And if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and all those in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows as your review helps our show reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. 